Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode we're going to continue with the NFL draft. In today's episode I'm going to be talking about the cornerbacks. It is a ridiculously loaded cornerback group. If you haven't checked out my last episode on wide receivers go be sure to check that one out. The draft is quickly approaching here we're almost a week away from it so gonna have a lot of content coming out this week to catch up for it all gonna hopefully have every single episode out on the draft as far as rankings go at least with a week to go before the draft so you guys will have time to you know tune into all the position groups you want to hear um i didn't timestamp the wide receiver ones but they're pretty straightforward i just go in order from 1 to 15 or i think it was 1 to 14 in total I'm going to do something similar today with cornerbacks. I'm going to start at 1, go all the way to, I believe I have 13 or 14 guys. A lot of guys here to talk about. Again, a really, really deep class. I think there's going to be a lot of starters at the next level. Some really, really high upside developmental guys as well. So be sure to stay tuned for it all. There's some guys that I'm not going to mention here that I just haven't really got into their film. One of them is going to be Clark Phillips. So there's a, there's a couple guys you guys may know, a little more high profile, that I just simply haven't had the time to get around to watching them yet. But this is a really deep class, so there was a lot to watch. I'm really excited to get into it all, and let's do it. Alright guys, so getting right into it, I think it's no surprise. We can get straight into my number one profile. So, there is going to be 13 guys in total, I just looked over my list again. Got a pretty extensive you know, group of notes here. So hopefully I won't take too long in this episode because again, they can get, I know they can get a little stale and it's just one guy talking. So I'll try and keep it fairly brief, but I'm really, really pumped up about this class. And without further ado, I think there's definitely a tier of, uh, the top two guys are definitely in a tier of their own. I'm going to be breaking this into tiers more so than I did in the last group. Um, when I was talking about my wide receivers, I was really just going in order. I kind of described how I saw their talents as I went. This is a lot more refined to me. So in my tier one, and this is going to be in order, I have Dev Devin Witherspoon coming out of Illinois, and I also have Christian Gonzalez. Devin Witherspoon, my number one overall rated DB in this entire draft process. He is fantastic i mean everything you've seen is advertised is absolutely true about him he's going to be able to do it all in the nfl level i think he could be an all pro safety i think he could play nickel i think he can play outside he seriously can do it all i mean if there's any knock on his game he may need to add a little more weight if he's going to continue to play as aggressive tackling wise as he does he really doesn't play like he's 180 he plays like he's much bigger than that maybe you could argue he might need to put on some more mass just to save his body a little bit but had a really really good pro day for himself didn't test at the combine and then went to his pro day and ran in the four fours so really love to see that from an athletic standpoint um again only one season of production and maybe he's going to get flagged a little more in the nfl level because he is just so physical but i mean that's really just nitpicking his game. He's an all-around corner in coverage, run game support. He's always looking for the ball when it's in the air. He's really good at playing at first and then playing the man. He's seems like he's an enforcer on the lead and a leader in that Illinois team that, by the way, had a really, really good secondary throughout. Um, Sidney Brown and Chase Brown, actually two brothers coming out of that school, definitely going to get drafted this year. Uh, my point is, it was a really good secondary. He seemed to be the most respected and the leader of that group. I think he can be a lockdown man-to-man -man corner at the next level. I think he absolutely has the instincts to play in any zone coverage. He's versatile. His stats were absolutely ridiculous this past year. I mean, he had 738 snaps in total. 425 of them were coverage snaps. Out of those snaps, he was targeted 63 times, only allowed 22 receptions. So basically, a 35% completion rate. That is 
amazing numbers for only 206 yards again those are really really elite numbers didn't allow a single touchdown and only one in, or sorry in three interceptions on the year so Devin Witherspoon gonna be an immediate day one starter probably gonna be a top 10 pick in the draft if he makes his way out of the top 10 um, someone's gonna get an extremely good player obviously you never know in terms of needs I would have said Detroit would definitely be interested in him at six I still think Atlanta could be interested in him at eight but you just never know how the draft's going to play out. If he's going to end up going in the top 15, someone's going to get a day one starter. I really do believe that. Christian Gonzalez, my number two corner, moving into him. Um, just a little bit of a notch down as far as instincts with Devin Witherspoon, but honestly, the tools are even better. His fluidity in his movement at his size is just so freaky, and it really showed up at the combine. I mean, he ran in the four threes. He jumped out the gym with a 40-inch vertical. He also weighed in more than Devin Witherspoon at 205, 6 feet. He doesn't play quite as aggressive or big as Witherspoon does on tape. They're pretty different guys in that style, but he's not afraid to tackle either. He can totally help in run support. And again, the size profile really is just one of those things where you can't coach those things. He's got the speed. He's got the vert. He's really fucking explosive. Um, I mean, if there's any nitpicks on his game, it's that he played, I guess, against lackluster talent in the Pac-12. He never really proved it. Not that Devon Witherspoon was, you know, playing the best competition either, but I, I would say it's better over there in, um, in the Big Ten than it is in the Pac-12. A little bit of a lower motor guy, just like not as feisty at the point, at the catch point, but still pretty good ball skills. Um, really high IQ player. Again, another player that's going to be versatile, can play man, can play zone. Um, really, really fantastic prospect. Has all the tools you want in a guy like this. If he's there for New England, I have a really hard time imagining that they would pass on him. Um, I, that was really a spot for Brian Branch earlier. But if Christian Gonzalez is there, they're going to take him. I really do think that. That's my tier one. I think those two guys are both going to be immediate starters and pretty damn good starters at that. Tier two, I mean, I even think these guys could probably be starters and be pretty damn good too. I just have a little bit lower because I didn't quite see as much as maybe I would have wanted to. But again, these guys, you can almost switch them out. You, the, this order of tier two, because again, it's only two guys in this tier as well. You can basically do whatever you want with these guys. Deontay Banks is my number three cornerback. Joey Porter is my number four. Again, you can kind of pick and choose whatever you want more. They're pretty similar guys. Um, starting with Deontay, I mean, his athleticism is ridiculous. And again, this really just is telling to how deep this cornerback class is. This dude's athletic combine profile is dumb. He ran a 42, or sorry, he ran a what did he run? He ran a 4-3-5 40-yard dash, which is 92nd percentile, with a 1-4-9 split, which is 89th percentile. Those are insane explosive numbers. 6 feet, 200 pounds, so really good size there. Again, both above average, 61 percentile and 68 percentile. But it's the broad jump and the vertical jump that really show off his athleticism, even better than Christian Gonzalez in both of these departments. 136 inches on the broad, that's ridiculous. 98 percentile there. And then a 42-inch vertical, this guy, again, jumped out the gym. And it shows up on tape. I mean, his athleticism is riddled throughout his tape. He can make up lost ground super easily if he bites on a double move. If he does show, you know, those... I think there's a lot on his tape that is very coachable. I think you can argue most of his flaws are totally fixable. I think there's a coaching staff out there that's absolutely going to fall in love with the tools. He doesn't quite have the instincts as someone like Gonzalez or like Witherspoon, and I think that's why he's just a little bit lower. But And maybe he'll overshoot the coverage a little bit and draw some PIs. Just Again, that's fixable, though. He's got all the tools in his bag. Really great tackler when asked to do so or like in the right position to be there. You know, The last guy on the edge, he can make that tackle one-on-one -on -one in space. He's just... 
a really, really tuned up athlete, has all the tools. There's really not much else to say. His tape is really damn good, and his athletic profile is incredible. Joey Porter Jr., another guy that's just a tick less athletic than these last guys, but with a 6'8 wingspan, he, he damn near makes up for it. He plays really, really strong in press covers. There's times receivers can't even get off the line because they just he just jams them with those in massively long arms uh maybe you'd like to see him get a little more weight so just so you can lock those guys even better but i mean just such a long guy very capable makeup speed with that length pbus are all over his tape pa pass breakups if you don't know what those are and again just looking at the athletic profile not quite as great of an athlete as these last last guys i've been talking about but still i mean above average he ran a 44640 that's 64th percentile and with that arm length that's more like in the four 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 range you know four four three that's lower than that because he's making up that le that length he can really reach that far i mean his wingspan is ridiculous nearly an 81 inch wingspan that's 97th percentile arm length 34 inches that's 98 percentile 10 inch hands that's 95 percentile this dude is just built to play cornerback in the nfl and obviously his dad joey porter senior played for the pittsburgh steelers that could definitely be a spot where joey porter may end up and i think that'd be a really cool story i mean this guy again perfectly made for the position a little bit less explosive in terms of vertical jump and broad jump but again gonna make up for that with that just elite length you really can't coach that and he really did have good tape my number five guy this is someone that might be a little bit of a surprise to some of you guys because i don't know how popular you know this guy's name has been circulated around the community i think i'm a lot higher on him than some um, if you don't know who this guy is, he goes to South Carolina. It's not Darius Rush. It's Cam Smith. Cam Smith is just one of those guys that just loved, loved, loved watching his tape. Honestly, pretty similar to Devon Witherspoon in terms of size and profile and just how they approach the game. They are not afraid to tackle at all. They play downhill all the time. They're always attacking the ball. Super, super feisty. I mean, one of these just high motor, super aggressive um not willing to you know turn down anyone i guess and you know really not afraid of anyone um again another one of these guys you could argue needs to put on a little more weight if he's going to keep playing the way that he does he's another one of these guys that's six feet 180 pounds so again on the lighter side you could definitely say the way he plays that could lead to injuries at the next level because you know guys are just bigger and stronger and faster but i mean the tape doesn't lie. He, he, he really does. He's a good tackler. He takes smart ang angles. He played against really good competition in the SEC. Feels more like a zone scheme corner or maybe like a slot man corner because I think he will get burned with speed just because, not even because he can't, he's not fast. He is fast. He ran in the 4-4s four in the um, combine. But I think the thing is, what's different between him and Deontay Banks, Deontay, I feel like you can fix a lot of that. I feel like Cam Smith, you almost don't want to fix that aggressiveness because that's what makes him so good and so just dynamic as a tackler and helping out in run support. That's why I think he'd be better in a zone scheme where he's just passing guys off and doesn't have to worry about double moves and that kind of stuff or, you know, a slot man corner that can come down towards the box and help out in the run. I think that's more of a scheme you can play. I don't think he's going to be pure, a pure outside guy. But honestly, his combine numbers really helped the argument for that. The fact that he ran a 4.43, which is really, really good. He had a 134-inch broad jump. That is a crazy explosive number. Didn't have anything incredible outside of that. I mean, a good 10-yard split. But again, that's coming with the vertical jump. But I mean, he just really showed a lot as far as... On tape, you saw him jumping double routes a lot, maybe being too aggressive, and then he'd get burned deep. But 
showing the speed in the 40 yard dash that shows that he can at least keep up with some of these receivers at the next level and again i think i'm higher on him than a lot of other people but i loved his stats this this past season i thought they were incredible only 38 targets he really was on an island out there only allowed 18 receptions 47 percent completion rate um i just and even the year before that he had an excellent year the year before that he allowed 15 catches for 184 yards one touchdown to three interceptions. I think this is a guy that, in the right system, can be a really good fit. I think he's going to be a good culture guy. I love the intensity he brings. Um, just a little bit of, like, basically a knockoff Devin Witherspoon. I don't think he's going to be nearly as versatile as him, but brings some of those similar elements, especially in the run support. Now, my tier three. These are the guys that I think they're going to be more, like, second-round guys. Um, yeah, I think early second i mean you never really know what's going to go on the draft there's always guys that you know go earlier than we think there's always guys that are hanging around longer than we think generally speaking though those last five guys i just talked about i think those are serious first round contention guys uh, maybe fringe first round guys but i think all those guys should be first rounders the first two being devin witherspoon and christian gonzalez i think we could legitimately see top 10 top 15 picks these next three guys who make up my tier three i think these guys are all going to be actually i have four of them these four guys I really think could be second round picks. Starting off this list, number six, Emmanuel Forbes. This guy has the best ball skills in the class. It's not even close. He's out of Mississippi State, if you don't know. His stats were ridiculous. <laughs> Over his career at Mississippi State, he finished with 14 picks, six pick sixes, which I believe is an FBS record, and 17 pass breakups in his career. That is ridiculous. He also ran a 4-3-5-40 at the combine, but... He's really damn skinny. Six feet tall, 166 pounds. I don't think we've ever seen a cornerback get drafted this small ever. I don't know the exact stat about it. I don't have it in front of me, but I know he would be a huge outlier in this scenario. But, I mean, when you turn on the tape, you really don't see him getting bullied around too much. I mean, no, it's a whole different league, and these guys are bigger and faster and stronger. But, frankly, his ball skills were so good, and he was so good at the catch point. He was just out. He was like a basketball player getting offensive boards, you know? He's just getting his body in the right spot. He's catching it with his hands. He's bringing it in. He's playing the wide receiver up there. And that 4-3-5 number is really important to his explosion and how he can mirror guys. He played solid man-to-man -man coverage at Mississippi State. Is his weight a huge concern? Yes. Can you get him on a good diet, add a little weight, and he's still going to be explosive because he ran in the 4-3s? I think so. I think you get him in an NFL locker room. You get him, you know, his nutrition even more down. And obviously it's, it's, we know in this day and age in the NFL, success is coming in all different shapes and sizes. And I think Emmanuel Forbes is someone you're willing to take a risk on. Maybe he's not going to be, you know, a day one contributor as far as he'll probably start for you because you're going to be taking him in the second round anyways but he's not going to be like this game changer like the five guys before him i think can be but you develop him you let him gain a little weight you work with those ball skills because that's the stuff that's much harder to coach up and i think this could be a really good corner at the next level number seven julius brent's length 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 just like joy porter this guy wins in the exact same way he's not quite the athlete that porter is and i don't think he displayed quite the ability and press but i mean shit he has all the components right there it is ridiculous this guy is huge he is so long for a cornerback he's basically 6'3 that's 96 percentile he's 200 pounds that's 74th percentile and his wingspan and arm length is where it's sold arm length again same as joey porter's 34 inch arms 
That is ridiculous. The fact that we have two cornerbacks coming out of the same draft class that have 34-inch arms, that's in the 98th percentile. That's just dumb. It shows you how big of an outlier this class is. This class is just, I can't say it enough, it's so deep. I could see so many of these guys being starters for long times in the NFL. I think Julius Brantz is totally one of them. This is a guy that the more I watched the tape, the more I really did like him. I loved that he did the three-cone drill because I thought that that was something that really popped up on tape. He doesn't bite very easily and has really, really light feet for someone that's 6'4 and this long. He can mirror really well. He's not afraid to be physical as well. Like That's not the point right now though but he he can move his hips he's got serious movement there um for a guy his size to be able to keep up with someone a lot smaller and then also you know get his hand in there with that elite length it's incredible and then the testing numbers maybe not the fastest 40 yard dash kind of a similar problem with joey porter joey porter actually impressed me with his 446 that was a really good time i didn't think he was going to run that fast julius brents is not that fast he ran in the four five threes but i mean with that arm length, I think he'll be completely fine. And the fact that he's so dynamic and all these other numbers, like the change of direction stuff, his 20-yard shuttle, 80th percentile. His three-cone drill, 93rd percentile. Broad jump, vertical jump, both over 96th percentile. So, I mean, this is a dynamic athlete outside of speed. He can make up for it in a lot of different ways. His tape was really, really damn good. And again, he's just disciplined. The fact that he's not going to bite on every single route because he can use that length to his advantage and he knows he doesn't need to means that he doesn't have to, you know, overcompensate and he can just mirror the guy. And he's really good at working leverages and not letting the receiver get in his blind spot. And yeah, again, maybe he's not the fastest. So at the next level, some of these really, you know, fast burner guys are going to beat him deep on a go, but I don't think you're going to be asking him to do that very much anyways. So I really did like what I saw from Julius Brantz. I'm a lot higher on him than some. And Julius Brantz is my seventh best cornerback in this draft class. I just realized I counted these guys wrong, so I actually do have 14 players. Let's get to DJ Turner, though. DJ Turner, someone that wasn't really on my radar and then came into the combine and ran a 4-2-6. And my God, then I had to go watch his tape, and I really was impressed. I am a little bit concerned about his size. At 5'11", 171. By the way, if you don't know, DJ Turner out of University of Michigan. I should have been saying all these guys' schools as I was going. I think I covered most of them. If I missed one, I'm sorry about that. Um, but yeah, 5'11", 171. Again, smaller cornerback. Kind of similar problem to Emmanuel Forbes. Um, but Emmanuel Forbes has these elite ball skills. DJ Turner doesn't win with ball skills. He wins with his elite speed. And it shows up on tape. That 4-2-6, he uses it to, to the best ability he can, really. Elite speed, elite change of direction, elite mirroring ability, good eyes and technique. Um, not too overly aggressive on some of that stuff. But, I mean, I think, again, the height and the, I don't want to say lack of ball skills because it's not like they were bad, but not that he was particularly good at that and it really didn't show up on tape. I think he really is going to get exposed by bigger, more physical receivers at the next level. I don't think he can, you know, hang with these true X guys on the perimeter. But, I mean, he can keep up with the most twitched-up slot guys in the league. These guys, like, like... And maybe we don't see too many of them anymore, you know, really succeed at the highest level. But these jitterbug guys, like the Chris, like I would love to see Chris Olave and DJ Turner go at it one on one. That would be so awesome. It's guys like that that DJ Turner, I think, is going to have really good success in the league. These really crafty route runner guys that don't really win with their size, like, but they're just all around good receivers. I think that that's like the perfect matchup for this type of guy. That's where he's going to win in this league against those kinds of roles. But again, because of he's more of a specialty guy where red zone shots, 50, 50 balls, you're really not going to be favoring him in those situations just because of his size. 
Um, and then again, like these just possession guys that can just leverage their body in front of him because you don't you don't need to be, you know, faster than them if you can just throw a ball up to a guy who's you know however many inches taller than him can jump however many inches higher than him. So it's like again, also not a great great against the run so that's really important to play in slot corner these days so he's just a little bit of a weird fit but i mean tools 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 he's got it all he's so twitched up he's so fast those things you can't coach in a player he has a lot of those types of things so again his role might be kind of weird and not as translatable as some of these other guys but i mean you you 426 speed you're gonna get drafted high purely because you can run that fast we've seen it time and time again there's always at least one guy that comes in the combine absolutely lights it up um, and then gets drafted higher than we think. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. DJ Turner probably going to be end of the second round, maybe beginning of the third type guy. And that gets me to my next guy, who this is another guy. Cam Smith, I was much higher on than some. I think this is one that I think people are going to be surprised I have him this low. Maybe you can already tell who I'm going to say here because you haven't heard his name and you're you know, asking, where is Keely Ringo? Keely Ringo from Georgia is my number Actually, I think he's my number nine because, I, yes, I miscounted these. So he's my number nine cornerback. Um, I thought I was going to like him a lot more. Honestly, just I don't love a lot of his testing numbers, and I don't really love – like his 40 is fantastic, don't get me wrong. But I think there's a reason why he didn't run the three-cone drill. I think it totally shows up on film. He can't mirror and change directions nearly as well as every single guy I've talked about before this. His hips seem really stiff, and especially on these hitch routes, he always seems to get caught flat-footed. He doesn't turn his hips very well, and he's just not very reactive. He doesn't have, like, some of these instincts. And I think a lot of this, you know, you could argue he's only 20 years old. He's really young. He's got a lot of tools that you can work with. He's 6'2", 210, 4'36", 40-yard dash. Those three things by themselves are worth drafting in the second round because this is a young kid that hasn't, you know been exposed to the next level competition and he's still only getting better you'd hope he's really good at playing press and running with wide receivers i think a lot of these big body nfl receivers he could get a give a lot of trouble kind of like a marshawn Lattimore type of guy in that role but marshawn i mean marshawn can mirror you as well he can he can stay in your hip pocket i don't really see that with keely ringo i think he's a lot more stiff in his movements you could argue some of that again is just due to his instincts and not knowing when that type of stuff is coming if he gets better at reading routes and reading leverages of wide receivers are great examples of this if you're around your computer go look up cedric tillman versus georgia cedric tillman feasted on keely ringo all game because he was hitting him with all these hitches like these hitch routes that keely just either was caught flat-footed or he'd turn his head because he thought he was running to go he'd hit the blind spot and then come back and turn around so it was kind of hard to tell is like is that an instincts thing or is that like you genuinely just turn like a fucking boat at times it looked like both at times it looked like more one or more the other um i think that's something we're gonna have to see more and more um at the next level maybe that's me not doing my due diligence and needing to watch more film but that's just what i think about him and to me mirroring and hip mobility has to be the most important aspect of playing cornerback at least you know one of the two um as well as i think just overall route knowledge um which again is kind of connected to that but i really didn't see that from keely ringo you could argue that i'm being too low on him he's 20 years old and you can get better with that stuff and again i hope he proves me wrong i'm not i'm not like when i'm ranking these guys and some of these guys are lower and some of these guys are higher 
I don't really care. I mean, obviously, it'd feel kind of good to be right and wrong about some of this stuff, but it's like, I'm rooting for all of them at the end of the day, and this is just fun for me to do. So it's like, this is all hypothetical bullshit at the end of the day. Like, this, these are fun exercises. There's a reason why people talk about these players, and there's a reason why, you know, you never really know until they get drafted because situation is so much to do with this what they're asked to do from their coaching staff, how they approach their skill set, all those types of things are totally built into here. And just me personally, you know, if I'm building a team right now, Keely Ringo is going to be my cornerback eight because I think there's a lot of guys that can do just more than him. And I've seen more from them. And again, this isn't a knock on Keely, but this is a ridiculously deep cornerback class. So it definitely, you know, adds to that conversation. Now, tier four, I think these are guys that are going to be more like third rounders. I think they can find their way into the fourth in some cases, maybe even fifth, because some of these guys, you know, teams might not like their profile. They might not trust him or whatever. At number nine, and I think this is purely based off tape. And again, this was kind of going against what I was just saying, but Travis Hodges Tomlinson coming out of TCU, 5'8", really, really undersized for the position, but man, there's a reason why he was rated the top cornerback in the draft last year, or in this, not the draft, in college football, he won the award for it, um, that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, but just such a feisty player, plays way bigger than his size, really, really fun watching him in the college football playoffs, and just someone that has a whole lot of heart, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of size, he's going to get picked on in the red zone, some of these bigger possession guys, you're not going to want to put him out there on islands with, but he's twitched up, he can mirror really well. He has a lot of those elements that I really like Washington cornerbacks. He's a good leader. He's feisty, pretty fucking good ball skills. And again, one of these guys kind of similar to a uh, DJ Turner that he's going to be able to keep up with a lot of these twitched up little athlete guys. And I'm really excited to see what he can do at the, at the next level. Cause again, he's a really, really small guy, but really fun to watch really fun tape and excited to see where he ends up at number 10. I guess number 11, because I keep forgetting these are out of, these are all fucked up now. Garrett Williams, Syracuse cornerback, um, amazing feet and quickness, can easily stick with wide receivers, but this is a guy coming off of an ACL tear. Um, if he wasn't, he'd probably even be above, you know, Travius and Ringo, but I just can't do it. I, I, it really does hesitate. I really do hesitate to put him there because he's nearly 22 now coming off an ACL tear. And even when he was playing, he showed a lot of those instincts, but it just, I want to see a little bit more from him. I'm a little bit hesitant to put a guy with a torn ACL any higher than this, especially when this class is this deep. Number 11 or number 12, God, we're all fucking out of order. Number 12, got to give a shout out to a white cornerback wearing number 33. I don't know what weird alternate universe this is, but Riley Moss out of Iowa putting up some pretty good tape and some pretty fucking good combine numbers, all things considered. Really impressed with his performance there. Really showed that high-end speed that really showed up on his film especially when he was you know making pick sixes he had quite a few in his career i believe he had two or three there in iowa and just as a guy that was getting consistently better each and every single year took advantage of the opportunities i believe he started on special teams his freshman year at iowa stayed you know hung around we stayed till his senior year got better and better and better and showed a lot of really good things on tape. He could play free. I think he can play straight up man-to-man -man corner. He's physical enough. Um, he can just, I think he's a pretty complete receiver. I just need to see a little bit more from him. Again, maybe that's me not doing my due diligence and I need to watch a little more film and I maybe I'll be wrong and hopefully, you know, this guy's even better and we have a white cornerback in the NFL for the first time in however many fucking years. Up next, Tyreek Stevenson. You know what? I'm going to call an audible, dude. I'm putting Darius Rush above him. I, I've been watching. I watched Tyreek Stevenson for 
I don't know, like half an hour yesterday after watching him maybe like a couple weeks ago when I started doing these rankings. And Tyreek Stevenson has literally just been doing nothing but dropping. I think he started all the way up at like seven or eight because PFF was pretty high on him. That's a source I really rely on. I like a lot of the stuff they do over there. So I kind of just like instilled in my brain like, oh yeah, this guy's really solid. Uh, got to his tape like a couple weeks ago. Wasn't really impressed. Dropped him down to like 10. And then as I started watching more of these guys like Garrett Williams, like Riley Moss, like Travis Hodges Tomlinson, I mean, even DJ Turner, like guys like that, Julius Brent's perfect example, guy I wasn't very high on. The more I watched, I was like, why would I ever choose Tyreek Stevenson over Julius Brent's? And maybe I'm going to bite those words um, one day, and Tyreek Stevenson hopefully proves me wrong, goes on, has an amazing NFL career, but I really just wasn't seeing it with him. So I'm putting Darius Rush above him. I'm calling an audible Darius Rush, teammate of Cam Smith at South Carolina, actually. Um, just recently switched to corner in college. He was came in as a wide receiver. And I love that move for, for guys, especially when they're coming into the NFL, um, because a couple of reasons. Typically, they tend to have better ball skills when they're coming from wide receiver to over to corner. It also means they know route combinations better and they know route stems and timing of routes. Uh, they're able to read like feet and hips and all that stuff better. And I really do think that showed up on tape. And beyond that, the fact that he came in to an SEC school, switched to corner, and then got better each and every single year, I think coaches are going to absolutely fall in love with that. I think Darius Rush is actually someone, the more I'm talking about it, I think he's probably going to get drafted higher than some of these guys. Um, I don't know if that's going to fully work out, but I could totally see why an NFL team would fall in love with him. He's got all the tools. He's gotten better and better. He was playing against really good competition in the SEC. Um yeah, I mean, frankly, he's probably going to get drafted above Riley Moss, Travis Hodges, Thomason, and Tyreek Stevenson. I probably could have even ranked him above that, above them, purely based off his like projection and where he could end up in a few years. And then there's the athletic profile, which I haven't even got to. He ran a four three six forty. He's six two, two hundred pounds, and he has thirty three inch arms. So again, a lot of these tools you love to see in a cornerback, and I've said it a million times this episode, and I'm gonna say it a million more times during draft season. But he has all the intangibles. He has all the things you can't coach. And that's really, really important for a lot of coaching staffs this year and, and every year. So that is 14 guys that I just covered. Or 15 guys, right? Because I miscounted. Some, some bullshit like that. No, it was 14 guys. So if you did enjoy this episode, be sure to follow me here at Murphy's League on Spotify. Be sure to go follow my Instagram over at Murphy's League. I'm going to have, honestly, my next episode will probably be all defensive linemen. I probably won't separate that's probably what I'll do. Yeah, I'll probably just talk about defensive linemen as a whole in my next episode. Probably record that. Maybe even pre-record it today and then upload it tomorrow. If not, I'll just record it tomorrow. And then I'll talk about offensive linemen. And then I'll probably talk about linebackers and safeties in one episode. Because frankly, the class is really weak. There's not a whole lot of guys to talk about. So it won't take too long to get that over with. And yeah, I guess that's it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to go watch the NBA playoffs. Hopefully you guys are enjoying those too. And that's it for me, guys. Peace out.